We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you doing, Wagner? That's what we're doing. We're doing What Are You Doing, Wagner. We're doing it. It's our fun news segment where we sort of... Take a look around and see what other people are doing, what's going on, what may not be in the the normal local sports bloodstream. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you, Saturday suckage. And this piece of information confirming what we figured, but we'll we'll let you know that it's official. The White Sox said that they are reinstating Dallas Keuchel from the injured list. They're sending Jonathan Stever to Schaumburg. They've not officially said Keuchel is starting today we assume his back will be okay and he will start which would give him two starts before the playoffs and uh, i don't know backs backs are tricky so we'll hope it's good that's where yeah i mean you know he'll he'll be on a pitch count i'm sure trevor bauer on it for the reds and the white Sox magic number to clinch the division is five and yeah stever after having an okay debut in the start previous to this one, not so good last night, giving up the the four bombs and, and truly looked like a guy who was tipping pitches because they were just Castellanos and Votto and, and Wanker and Barnhart just peeing <laughs> off. Wait, wait, wait. Why hey, did that a prompt a Lou? <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a total Lou name, is it not? Wanker. It is. It is. What do you mean, Wanker? wanker. Right. You okay. Know, so, even Wanker's hitting the damn ball out of the park. Well, the, here's the difference, though. Stever was was tipping pitches that were hittable. Garrett Crochet was tipping 100 mile an hour pitches and just said, "Dare you?" <laughs> that didn't work. So. Oh my God! Yeah, Goodwin yeah. and Garcia and Barnhart were all just like, yeah. "Uh, yeah, maybe maybe next time I'll try against this guy." Right. But for now, you you got us. You got us, kid. So, as things have developed um, over this show. Gene Rohde, of course, was the was the the den mother of the show, and then uh, once Trash Panda started producing the show, Alice joined the group, and um, I must say now that Alice is going to have to trade tr- her Trash Panda son for Stifler, who's producing us now, because like one hour into the show, Trash Panda leaves, Adam Stazinski leaves. And we have Stifler now producing us. So, Alice, I think you need to – the trade that helps both teams is is dump Adam and bring in Stifler. But in keeping with the theme of the mom show, as we were discussing Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson earlier in the show, Mark, I don't know if you saw this, but 
He said he's, while he's honored by the MVP talk, he did say this, what's important is I am my mom's MVP every single day. Aww. That's so perfect for the mom show portion of Saturday Suckage, which is really what we end up with here on Wagner, or we start with, with that. If if uh, Trash Panda's dad shooter isn't trying to kill some woodland varmint, we <laughs> inevitably we do a, a mom show. And now I, I just love that. That I, is I that. that is terrific, and yeah. you know I always like to quote Joel Madden. Moms are cool. Yeah, they are. This um, this appeared in the vaunted New York Times. I just got a huge kick out of this. So they allow comments, on, and I don't know why. They had a they have a cooking section. A lot of them have you know. So there's a brownie recipe, and this was re. This is um, two, from two years ago, but it was really, it's, it made a reappearance. It's really a wonderful thing to bring, to repeat. From Sydney Newberry, this has been my go-to brownie recipe for 30 years, even after going to baking school. I agree that using the best cocoa possible makes a difference. These days, I use Calabon. In the 80s, an acquaintance in Germany to whom I bought, I brought some of the brownies and who considered herself a great cook asked for the recipe but was never able to get it to work. She kept asking me what she was doing wrong and I was never able to solve her problem. Eventually, she moved to the U.S. and stole my husband. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know, yeah. That's <laughs> just... I wanted to share that with the class. I know that's two years old. I wanted to share that with the class. I just think that's... That is definitely class-worthy. Steve, if I may, I'd like to... A little twist on what are you doing, Wagner. And I'm going to ask the question, what are you doing, Angel Hernandez? The the home plate umpire from last night's Cubs-Twins game. There was something bizarre that occurred with uh, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber gets hit by a pitch. Schwarber didn't do a whole hell of a lot to get out of the way of it. And Angel Hernandez called him on it. He said, no, 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 no. You didn't try to get out of the way, so you're not going to first base. I get it. That's letter of the law. But my God, this year, I think more than ever in the games that I've watched, and I've watched a ton of games, there, there is more hit by pitches, or, or I should say, there is less trying to get out of the way than there ever has been. And the fact that Angel Hernandez did that to poor Schwarber, who's been struggling like crazy, was just bizarre. And if it hadn't been Angel Hernandez, then maybe I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. And maybe I'd say, hey, maybe it's about time because these guys, just none of them try to get out of the way anymore because they all wear the elbow pads now. But it's Angel freaking Hernandez who, you know, is just, who is prone to being an agitator. He's like Joe West light. Can't get him. He's, oh, no. No. He, he was safe at first. No. No. And another blown <laughs> call by Hernandez. <laughs> you know, I forgot about, about the play. no days. No. Right. No. No. You know, about that play, that was, uh-huh. that was not, I, I've railed against players being able to wear all sorts of armor on their arms and forearms and elbows and all that stuff. That's crap. Just go up there and bat. 
but that wasn't aimed for Schwarber's dealt. It, it, not his forearm, not his arm, nothing. That was going to hit him in the back. We've seen guys just take it in the back. Yeah. He did. He reacted in a baseball way. He at, reacted like a batter. This is going to hit me. Brace myself. I it it it's not going to curve back over. I, I have no chance at this. And you're right. Angel Hernandez is just looking for just just looking for reasons to be stupid, and he finds them. They are always available to Angel Hernandez. Unbelievable that uh, that that call and that or preventing Schwarber from taking his base. That's yeah, I mean, if Wagner is ever sick on Saturdays, it can be, what are you doing, Hernandez? <laughs> what are you doing? So, no, no. And another blown call by Hernandez. <laughs> okay, so this, this was the, – the Tampa Bay Rays are a fun organization. They're going to – you know, they're in the playoffs. They're winning. They're, their short season was made for teams like this, and, and they keep getting rid of some of their best players, and they, they remain competitive. One of their young stars is Tyler Glasnow. And yep. one of the things the Rays PR has been doing um, is been sending out fun kind of notes. So Kevin Brown, the broadcaster for the Orioles, reran a couple of these. And one of them from the Rays media guide about Tyler Glasnow, as a young teen, Tyler once threw water balloons at cars from the top of a Subway restaurant. He was disappointed to learn one of the balloons burst on the local police chief's wife's windshield. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, she's going to tell. Yeah, I'll get you paddling. And this I didn't know. Uh, not that we anybody could be in a locker room these years or a clubhouse. Tyler keeps a Wi-Fi-powered toaster oven in his locker and uses it to cook small meals. I've never heard of a Wi-Fi powered toaster oven. Have you? Wow, that's next level. No, I have not. But I it is tell next me level. More. I, I mean, I, that's, that's all I know about it. All right, it's, no, that sounds all, great. Yeah, and I'm all for uh, Tyler Glass now because I did uh, my beginning of the year pick for the World Series was the Tampa Bay Rays against the Washington Nationals. So I'll get one team right, maybe. That would be a thing. That was the last the last time the White Sox went to the World Series. I mean, uh, last time they went to the playoffs. Playoffs. They right. they faced Madden. the the Rays, yeah. And the uh, uh, we'll talk to Mark. I think I think Gonzo, our deluxe baseball guest, coming up in about eight minutes. I think he covered those White Sox. Joe Madden man, managing the the Rays. Uh, last week, Lou Brock passed away. The the Cubs legend, Lou Brock. We'll just yep, mention, yep, sure. mention it that way. Uh, you can. You can. I mean, it was a legendary <laughs> trade. <laughs> it certainly was. So this this is one thing um, that came up from in in memory, in, his, in people recalling him. In his autobiography, Lou Brock was recalling how he asked a young man he thought was a clubhouse aide for a Coke before the 1967 All-Star Game. Quote, he hesitated for a moment, but then went and got the Coke and brought it back and said, you're Lou Brock, aren't you? Pleased to meet you. I'm Tom Seaver. Wow. 
<laughs> he asked Seaver to get him a Coke, thinking it was a clubhouse aid. Wow. Oh, that's and hilarious. Seaver also passed away back in last week, within the last two weeks. <laughs> I love that. Hey, young man, can you get me a Coke? Yes, that I used can. to happen with uh, with Darwin Barney, the Cubs. Oh, of course. Yes. Shorty yeah. second baseman. Yep, same thing. Probably a little Fontenot, too, and well, all those guys. A little Fontenot. A little Fontenot. So, he, he, yeah. He's too short. He's too short. So, the Stanley Cup Finals begin tonight. Um, Dallas and Stanley, and uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay, the Stanley Cup. Correct. So, here's the thing. These are the two southernmost teams in the NHL, and they will be playing in the northernmost part of the NHL in Edmonton. They will be competing for the Stanley Cup that way, which is the way things have gone. Dallas coach Rick Bonus spent five years as an assistant coach to John Cooper, the Tampa Bay coach. This is the first time, this is amazing, the first Stanley Cup finals in which an assistant has faced off against his former head coach. I would have sworn that had happened before. Right. But but it had not. Um, Rick Bonus, among, among his many stops, was Ottawa. He was hired. He was fired. And when he was fired in Ottawa, he was prevented from coaching his son's local Bantam team because he wasn't officially certified in the province to coach local Bantam teams. He coached the NHL team, but wow. not the Bantam team. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I am so sorry to Canada, by the way, that this again. So sorry is, to Canada. Yeah, that this is. When's the last time a Canadian team won the the Stanley Cup? Hasn't it been in '93? Forever? Since 1993, it was the Lake Canadian. Right, and they, so now they have. Habitant. They've yeah. got Tampa Bay. In Dallas, with which to deal. Oh, I'm sure the Canadians will still be watching because they love their hockey. But it's just got to be not. Not only is it not Canadian, it is too very. You know, relatively speaking, I get it. There, uh, you know, Dallas used to be Minnesota, right? Um, but it's still yeah. these are just too far-reaching teams to hard, hard to get on their bandwagons. One last thing. Last week we discussed the uh, we discussed Goodfellas and the, the yeah. oral history and different different pieces of it. That prompted a Twitter follower goes uh, named Greg, but goes by the Twitter handle at Dooley McCool, comparing this that a a YouTube you can see the YouTube book narrated. It's called the True Story of the Three Little Pigs. He said, this was our fifth grade writing lesson this week. The true story of the three little pigs via YouTube. I watched it. I thought it was just a spectacular explanation. I thought it was very creative. And I'm glad that our discussion of Goodfellas could lead to the three little pigs. And it all makes perfect sense in the backdrop against um, um, Goodfellas. And all you need is a place to fit in the coda from Layla and you're good. So we're going, to take, we're going to take a break, and what we're going to do is we're going to talk with our deluxe Cubs reporter from the Tribune, Mark Gonzalez. We'll talk Cubs and playoffs and stuff like that. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde. This is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Knock on wood if you're with me. 
autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. The best walk-up music we have on this show, we go to the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford Melrose Park, and that is Mark Gonzalez's choice, John Facenda, Mark Gonzalez, deluxe in every way. Gonzo, how you doing? That's a sterling introduction. Well, deluxe in every way. Look, who would want to be in the same, in the same sentence, the same paragraph, the same breath as John Facenda, the voice of God? So we're happy to have you. And I'm, honor, I'm honored to be with you. Yes, I know. As you no, you're be. not. As no, one yes, does. Okay, so you, you tweeted out the Cubs bullpen, remarkable numbers. And the, the part about this that I need some context, some predictions, some, some way of looking at it, the prism is three batter minimum going into the playoffs. So all these numbers are have been done with the same rules, and you should feel confident about this, feel confident that Kimbrell's on his way back. We've sort of seen this before. We haven't. I'm not sure who we should trust at this point, or should we just trust David Ross to make the right move? I think you f- the encouragement's the word. I wouldn't say confident, but very encouraged considering where they started, how far they came, uh, the speed bumps along the way, but the choices uh, are becoming tough only because there are more uh, encouraging options. How's that? Or did I cop out? <laughs> yeah, well, I, we don't know. We're looking, at, we're looking ahead and we're thinking, okay, well, I, I hope David Ross knows his team that well after 60 games. That's kind of what you're that's, – that's where the trust is, and it's encouraging that – that I'll use your word, it's encouraging, that you can get close close to the point where you trust him. Because I don't think that there was a lot of trust in Joe Madden other than he was going to wear out every arm he had. I don't think Martin, David Ross has done that. He keeps, look, he keeps looking for some kind of 7-8-9 combination. Well, the great philosopher Ozzie Gian said correctly that uh, your best bullpen's uh, a great starting rotation. And we've seen that so far, but... Furthermore, when these guys have been asked to get big outs, they've done it. And the uh, uh, hot name of this month has been Jason Adam, who wasn't with the club uh, for most of the year and all of a sudden has hit the ground running, not only throwing you know 96 miles an hour, but got a deluxe curve. Um, we saw that when he struck out Lindor. I think it was Lindor uh, on, on Wednesday. But he's been a guy that stepped up, and I think quite a few other guys have. But... Uh, he used Adam in a, in a tight situation that paid off. So 
he's uh, getting closer to the core of the circle of trust, which includes Jeffers. Uh, you know, Rowan Wick was a guy that was at the back end. Now he's coming in sixth and seventh, doing a good job. Um, you know, we all know about Jeffers. Kimbrough's a guy who's moved up the ladder, you know, in, in high leverage situations. It's It's been kind of fascinating to see how things have evolved with this bullpen because I thought that was, you know, going to red flag them uh, this season. But so far, they've really come through at the right time. Yeah, Jason Adam made a nice recovery because I remember in one of, maybe it was his first performance, it was against the White Sox where he went high and tight on Jose Abreu, and then Abreu just jacked it out of the park on, I think, the next pitch, and it was like, wow, that's just not good uh, for for the Cubs and for Adam. And then, like you said the other night, I think it was in the extra innings game where he he was given one of the the innings um, and was terrific, and it's nice to see a young kind of no-name guy making his way up a little bit. But I want to go back to to last night, and because Kimbrell warmed up, and then it was Jeffress who came in, in the thinnest type of leads. I mean, there's one-run games, and then there's one-to-nothing games. And that that just feels a little bit different, even though it is, in essence, the same thing. Well, it is the same thing, but it does feel different when it's 1-0 in a game. And to me, that might have been a little bit of a tell from David Ross on who he's going to go with in the highest of high-leverage spots. I don't know if you read into it as deeply as I did, Mark. I, I think this is go down this goes down to the wire and I say that because um, his trust in Kimbrell is grown. He's not closing games yet, but he's putting him in tight situations. And then on the other side, Jeffers has done a, an exceptional job, but you're almost getting to that Don Stanhouse uh, territory where um, <laughs> yeah. you're walking you know, you're walking guys and, and you know, walking the tightrope into uh, Jeremy's credit, he's making the big pitch when he has to, you know, whether it be a strikeout to end the game or the double play. But, you know, that margin for error is pretty thin. So I think that's why the last week will really tell a lot in terms of just how much more confidence he has in Jeremy uh, up until the time they, they clinch this thing. For the uh, for you kids at home, Don Stanhouse reference was he was known as full pack by the smoking manager Earl Weaver because Earl Weaver went through a full pack of cigarettes every time Stan House is on the mound. He was wild thing before wild thing. So I appreciate I, that. I needed that whiteboarded too, and I'm no kid, but I did not know that reference. I was just going to say, you two talk amongst yourselves, but thank you. No, no, no. Hey, but look, yeah, look, look, at, look at 1979. Don Stan had a whip of around 1.5. His ERA was 285, so go figure. Yep. Yep, yep. That's that's that was full pack. So Mark and I have discussed this the last couple of weeks about John Lester. As we approach September, I was trying to figure out <clears throat> was this September for John Lester or was it the second month of the season? Because he's really not good in May, but he's great in September. So he sort of split the difference. So far, because his, his first two starts were like a 10.38 ERA, and recently his last two starts, 1.64 ERA, um, are in that area. So, do you have any idea what you're getting from him? Do you need to see the 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 rest of the week play out? Is there any question he's your third playoff starter? I think you let it play out. I think he's he's in the mix. I I still 
kind of go with him is is my third starter because I think if you if it came down to a decision where um, you want to split guys, turn the batting order around, you would use John as your starter, and then let's say it's a five and dive or it's a, a four and let's go. Uh, I think Alec <laughs> Mills would be more equipped to come in in that situation, but I'm willing to give John the benefit of the doubt and believe that he has give him a chance to go deeper if he's pitching well enough. Well, Alec Mills, you just mentioned him. He he goes today, and it'll be interesting because it was the most unexpected, um, the most unexpected no hitter I have seen since um, the the guy in the White Sox did it. Um, Philip Umber. Uh, Umber. Umber. Yes, and and. And this was even more because Umber was a high draft pick, I, I believe. Yeah. I mean, he was like a he was a first round guy, so this was even more unexpected. So, who the hell is Alec Mills anyway? And what, what do you expect <laughs> from him going forward? Because this this is like you know a potential turning point for this guy in his career, or was it just a fluke? It's really it's really interesting, Mark. I think. No, this guy has done the, the rope a dope because uh, with the Royals, you know, we all know that story. He was like a, what a twenty second round pick, walk on from Tennessee Martin. You know, it showed some potential, but it wasn't like the Royals designated a guy for assignment who was, you know, a, a flat-out bust. I think how far he came from a 22nd-round 20, pick to have a cup of coffee with the Royals uh, speaks to his, his determination and, and kind of his, his, his moxie in getting that far. And I just think he, he, he hit a dead end at that point with the Royals. And, uh, hey, even even the Cubs had, had to be patient with him because he – he was out of options heading into this spring. They they saw snippets of how dependable he could be. I think Joe Madden was a guy who was who really evaluated him very well. He had a couple of starts where he get give up three or four in the first inning and then settled down. Um, this guy is a, a guy that kind of really grows on you uh, because you, he's very dependable and he doesn't light up the radar gun. But you see that big curve in an era where everybody's throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. And it's, it's kind of, uh, I won't say refreshing, but kind of uh, invigorating that you see a guy who's able to challenge guys with his curveball to both sides of the plate and throw a, a fastball that, you know, maybe tops out at 90, 91 and is successful. And he's the same guy he was uh, when he joined the, the Cubs. I talked to him briefly a few times about, uh, when Brandon Morrow had his, his stress reaction on his arm and, and Mills had had that shortly after joining uh, the Cubs, and it was kind of a, a here-we-go-again moment with him, and he was very thorough and, and just discussing just how uh, frustrating that injury is and how you have to be patient, and, and it kind of reflects what Alec has done uh, during his time with the Cubs, is just be patient and get take advantage of that opportunity. Gonzo, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for being a deluxe guest and bringing your deluxe walk-up music. Well, enjoy the rest of your Sterling show. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you. Mark Gonzalez, the Chicago Tribune, talking Cubs. And, you know, uh, before we break here, the the Alec Mills no-hitter also happened on a day that Albert Pujols tied Willie Mays for fifth on the all-time home run list. It's 660. He, he passed Mays yesterday. Every time, this is just Albert Pujols. There's a Forrest Gumpness about it. <clears throat> Home run 660, tied for Mays. Alex Mills throws a no hitter. May 4th, 2018, 3,000th career hit. The Dodgers throw a combined no hitter. 
on June 13th, when he got his 600th, June, thir- June 3rd, 2017, mm-hmm. when Pujols hit his 600th career homer, Mar- the Marlins' Edison Volquez threw a no-hitter. Wow. It's just, that's a, it's a remarkable thing, the way he shows up with no-hitters, and that was Alec Mills's. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we will, um, we will walk you up to an interview with uh, John Lester that was on the score earlier today. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. This is Chicago Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Steve. Oh, bye, Mark. We, is that uh, it? Hey, man, going out to Pearl Jam. I like it. Those are my boys in the background. Right, right. We're walking you out. We're, uh, what we want to do is make sure we had time to bring you this uh, terrific interview with John Lester. So... We're going to say goodbye now, and we'll take you to the top of the hour, the rest of our Saturday Suckage show, with uh, an interview that inside the clubhouse, meaning Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel, did earlier today with John Lester. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Here's that interview. Good morning, John. We appreciate you joining us, and uh, I would like to take you back to the other day where, you know, it was an emotional time for you because of the thought process that this may be your last time at Wrigley. But uh, I'll just start you off by saying it doesn't have to be that way, does it? (laughs) No, it doesn't. Um, You know, but I I think we, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns in in the world right now. Um, Not only obviously in, in, in sports, but just in in the world. I mean, the, the, the economy, the, the way, um, you know, just, just getting back to being normal would be obviously great for everybody. So, um, you know, I always take things for what they are. I take things that, that are in front of me. And, um, you know, the other day I really wanted to make sure that when I went out there and, and warmed up and pitched that, that I really tried to enjoy it as best I could and, and, and soak it in and, um, you know, take it for what it was. And, and, Hopefully it's not, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I wanted to prepare myself, uh, you know, for it to possibly be, and that way I don't look back on the on that day and say, man, I wish I would have done that, or I wish I would have done this. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, you can always come back and, and have another one, but I wanted to make sure that if that wasn't the case, that, that uh, the other day was, was – uh, special uh, for me, and um, you know, I really got to, like I said, try to try to soak it all in. Uh, some some listeners have been texting in, John, knowing that you're coming in, and one of them said, "Tell Lester he's going to get that standing O, one way or the other. Cub fans will <laughs> not forget." So that they they say it's coming. Um, meanwhile, my brother, who's a Red Sox fan, talked to him this week, and he said, "Oh, he's coming back to Boston." He, he's coming back to ball. So you got you got a couple fan bases that are wishing and a hoping at this point, I think, John. That's got to feel pretty nice, at least to have those kind of relationships having been built with the fans over the length of your career in two places. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're very, very lucky to, to play a game, um, you know, a game that we call a job. And we do it, you know, not only for ourselves and, and – the enjoyment of that, but, but for the fans and for cities. And it's really cool. I've been very, very fortunate to be a part of two historic franchises, um, two unbelievable fan bases. 
and you end up becoming part of those cities. You end up becoming a part of those fan bases. And that's really special to me. It's special to my family. And, um, you know, like I said the other day, I mean, Chicago, Chicago, Boston will always be our homes. Um, you know, we've raised our kids in, in two great places. Um, you know, so to be able to say that, that it is very, very fortunate. And I'm very, very lucky that I've been able to do that uh, or have that be a part of my life. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's just an awesome, awesome feeling that, that to consider or to be considered, um, uh, you know, Chicago as, as my home and, and to be welcomed uh, by everybody uh, is just a cool, cool feeling. John Lester joins us on Inside the Clubhouse this Saturday morning. And, John, um, when you hear accolades from teammates, uh, you hear uh, your manager talking about uh, how you not only – helped him, but made his career, helped him and his family make the money that's a difference maker. Uh, being that friend and teammate that everybody values, hearing Ryan Dempster uh, after t- 14 years in the big leagues being your teammate for a year, saying that watching your work ethic, uh, he learned something to take for himself even in his last year because that's how good it was. Uh, all these things probably make you feel good um but um does it does it make you kind of feel like hey i'm not done uh we don't want to talk about the finish line because it's not the finish and i still have work to do here um yeah i mean i think you know we're all human um everybody uh, i would imagine likes you know occasionally to to hear (laughs) that the, the the work you're putting in the effort the uh the way you've been going about it has resonated with people you know i think um we all like pick-me-ups we all like to get a pat on the back so Mm -hmm. it's nice to hear sometimes but like you said i I think you know the, the finish line isn't it's there but it's not right there you know i think uh i i still got i feel like i have some things to accomplish and to prove um, still, and I don't, I don't want to put a cap on it yet. I don't want to put an, an, an end on it yet. So there's still some work to be done. And, and like I said, man, it's always nice to hear that what you're doing, uh, rubs off on people and, and it's a positive thing. And, um, you know, you always question yourself sometimes like, Hey, am I doing the right stuff? Am I really, is it worth it? Is it, is it, uh, you know, the days, you know, especially like the other day, you know, you don't pitch that well and you have to come in and get your work done and you really don't want to do it. But you look around at your teammates, you're like, man, I got to work because on Monday I'm pitching and I got to let them know that I'm ready. And so there's all those things. But, um, you know, like I said, man, it, it's always nice. Um, you know, we're human. We all like to be to be lifted up sometimes. So. It's nice to hear. It's nice to hear from guys like Demp that I really didn't get to spend a lot of time with, uh, as far as a playing career like a Rossi or you know now Riz or or Happer or KB or any of these guys. So it's nice to to hear from a guy like that that um, you know that that stuck with him. A few more minutes with John Lester here on six seventy. The score. It's inside the clubhouse with him, Bruce Levine, and me, Matt Spiegel. After. 
After the start, I guess three starts ago, John, it was struck by your comments about about confidence and just kind of how down you were. And and then you and Tommy Hadovy and Mike Borzello apparently went out and worked on mechanics and you found something. And and now the way you're talking now about drinking in moments and really staying in the moment, I'm wondering if those comments, you know, those that feeling of the where the confidence wasn't there is kind of a product of you just being real mindful that maybe it's that maybe it, it, it was important to really feel as down as you felt three starts ago in order to hunker down and do the work that you did to bounce back in the next couple starts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all go through points. Um, you know, obviously this season is a lot shorter, so it's not quite the – I mean, actually it, it probably is a, a worse roller coaster ride than a normal season because at least you have a little bit more time in a normal season to – to figure things out and, and kind of right the ship. Um, you know, with, 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 with how short the season is and how, you know, like, like it all goes back to like, Hey, I know this could possibly be my last year here. So you want everything to go well, you want everything, you have everything in your mind the way you want it. And when it doesn't go that way, you know, it's, it, you, you know, it's like getting punched in the gut, you know, you, 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 uh, you get knocked back a little bit. Um, and, and the, the work that we put in, we put in some, some really good work before spring training. Um, there were some, some mechanical things that we really wanted to dive into in spring training. And we did, and man, I felt great. Like I felt like I could pitch for another, you know, three, four, five years. Um, my stuff was good. I was getting results. And then now we had to hit the brakes and, and do what we did. So some frustration in there that, I couldn't carry that over right away to, to, to the summer camp and to here. Um, and then, you know, like, I, like I've always said, man, it's a result driven industry. And when you're not getting results, it, it's hard to continue to believe in the things that you're, you're trying to work on and you're trying to get better at. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I was at. Like I was at a point where, you know, you, you get knocked down to where, okay, like, what are we doing? What do we need to do to get better? What do we need to do to, to fix this? And, um, you know, we dove into it and, and kind of found out that the things that we preached in spring training, uh, the stuff we, we worked on early, you know, I had kind of gotten away from. Um, so we, we, we worked on it in between uh, that, that start and, and the Milwaukee start and, and kind of tried to get back to some of those basics that we were talking about early on. John, in uh, closing with you, Matt and I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's always great to hear from you because you talk uh, the truth and from the heart. And you're just an all-around great guy that I've been able to uh, get to know and uh, appreciate over the last six years. Um, might the two, 2020 season, which has been questioned as legitimate or not, be something that people look back at and say, this was where I was closest with my teammates ever? ever than I have been. This is a season that we value more than any other because of all the challenges that were out there as people uh, and as teams uh, to just get through it and then eventually win. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, like you said, I mean, I think they're on the outside looking in, you know, people question the season and the, the value of it or, or, or the, the real, 
I guess, truth of it or whatever. But at the end of the day, you still have to go out and you still have to win baseball games. And, you know, we've added however many more teams to the, to the pot in the playoffs. Um, we've added a, you know, not another round, but a, a round. Like we actually have three, three game series now um, in the wild card. So you're adding, adding a bunch of stuff. Um, the DH, you know, all this, all this stuff. The end, when it's all said and done, whoever's holding that World Series trophy, and hopefully it's us, you still had to go through some really good teams and opponents and playoff series and baseball games to to get to that point. Um, so I think regardless if it's 60 games or if it's 300 games, it, it's still a season. Um, and you still have to play good baseball and you still have to win. So – you know, yeah, it's it's a little weird, and we all are making adjustments on the fly in in society right now and and our world. But like I said, man, I mean, a, a trophy that World Series trophy is a World Series trophy, and I don't care how many games it took to get there. Um, you know, if you if you're able to hold that thing up at the end of the season after winning the last game of the year, that's a special special moment, regardless if it's 60 games or a normal season. Um, you still have to go through a lot of things. And like you said, I think this year has made um, teammates closer. Um, you know, I, I, you can't do anything else. You know, when we go on the road, um, you know, you, 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 can't, you can't do the things that you've normally done. You know, you can't go to a restaurant or to a bar or to the hotel bar or to whatever. So you, you end up being around your teammates more. And I think that's been great for some of these young guys to kind of get back to that and appreciate um, the stuff that kind of gets you here. Um, you know, the, the, the traditions, the, the things that, that you should do and, and be a part of. And uh, it's been good. I think for us, uh, I think our group has gotten back to being about as tight as it can be. And it's just been, it's been a joy and it's been, been so much fun this year to be around everybody and, and, you know, kind of be in our own world and our own little bubble. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun for us. possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck so kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do oh yes wait, wait a minute mr post wait, wait wait oh yeah that's yeah. it t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.